It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? The Washington Wizards are reportedly interested in trading for Chicago Bulls Patrick Williams. We're going to talk about that article from Sam Amico, and also they're reportedly interested in trading for Alex Caruso. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, it's your host, Red Oliver, and my guy, Brandon Scott. Uh, so, this is an article that just came out today, really not that long ago. Uh, on uh, social media, the article is uh, from Sam Amico on Amico Hoops. Uh, this is the article is Bulls Rumors. Um, one part of the article says it's all about, of course, Zach Levine. He's a guy that wants out, uh, reportedly, he's trying to go to the Lakers. And then DeMar DeRozan, he's on the uh, trade block as well. Basically, everybody's on the table for the Bulls. Uh, the, the article says for the Wizards says, Meanwhile, the Bulls reportedly continue to make guard Alex Caruso off limits. It is believed the Lakers have an interest in bringing him back. The Wizards are also believed to be interested in Alex Caruso and or Bulls big man Patrick Williams. Uh, what's your thoughts on the article and which player do you think is more realistic to uh, be acquired by the Washington Wizards? Good question, man. Um, I wouldn't be mad at either one. I'm a big fan of Caruso's game, his defense, his, his um, ability to stretch the floor. Uh, Patrick Williams, to me, is my favorite, and he's the guy I think is more realistic. Um, the reason for that, look at his age, man. Look at uh, – he can defend. He can shoot from three. Now, I know that his three-point shot is lagging this, this year, but I think that has more to do with the dysfunction with the organization, with this being kind of a <laughs> – the Bulls are finally realizing they need to blow it up and – so I think that has a lot to do with it. It's a kind of an uneven kill as far as the season for the Bulls. But Patrick Williams has got things realistic. I think that's a guy that we need to go for. Now, fit and who we need to give up is obviously the issue. But, I mean, look at his age, 22 years old. Hasn't his prime yet. Um, he can defend at a high level. He can definitely stretch the floor. Now, like I said, off here, yes, but he has a capability to shoot at least from average from three, man. So I definitely – like, I'm a big fan of Patrick Williams. Now, if you look at, like I said, it, it's tough because you got to look at, um, obviously, for Western Sales Jr.'s system, you need more defensive guys. When, Patrick Williams can defend at a high level, like I said. If you put him in the same lineup with Denny Avia and Bilal Koulibaly, that is a really nice defensive team, especially, you know, with these guys don't require a lot of usage on the offensive end because I – I kind of reckon that, you know, Jordan Poole's going to be part, you know, we don't know how long, but he definitely eventually is going to be 
at the point, in my opinion, especially after the deadline. I think they're going to eventually try him at point guard. But, yeah, I mean, Caruso, yeah, but I, I see Caruso maybe going to a contending team. Now, I wouldn't mind him here. Like I said, we were talking about it before the show. We're both big fans of Caruso. I think he would definitely fit. But to me, I'm going for Patrick Williams because he fits the timeline. You know, now contract, he is in the final year of his contract. So he will be a restricted free agent and we can match any deal. So looking at salaries, looking at fit, maybe you need to do a three-team trade. And I know there's some people in Wizards land that thinks that <laughs> we're going to somehow retain Kyle Kuzma long-term. It ain't happening. You know, if you find, if you have an opportunity to get a, maybe a first-round pick or get some of the assets for Kyle Kuzma, flip him in a three-team trade and get Patrick Williams and maybe a first-round pick, uh, pick back, I'm definitely exploring that. But out of the 2E, I'm definitely I'm rolling towards Patrick Williams because he can defend, he can shoot, and he fits the timeline. He's 22 years old. He hasn't hit his prime yet. And, yes, he's in the final year of his contract, but being a restricted free agent in all season, we have a le- lot of leverage. So I'm definitely going for Patrick Williams. I really want him in D.C. Yeah, it kind of reminds me when they had the uh, reports that they were interested in going after Grant Williams. So it, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think uh, Pat Williams is a solid player. You know, he was drafted uh, right before Denny in that same draft. Uh, it's interesting because there's a report from uh, Zach Lowe that I, I found an article where he wrote up that uh, Zach, that uh, Pat Williams, he's looking to get paid. He's looking to get to get paid. Uh, this, this is the article from Zach Lowe on his podcast. He said, I'm hearing Pat Williams wants big, big numbers for his next contract, like starts with a two. And is it 20 million? This was Zach Lowe said in his recent episode of the Low Post podcast. Now, since Pat Williams hasn't been playing great basketball, it's kind of not a dysfunctional situation, but a lot of guys are going to get Zach Lowe's going to get traded. DeMar's going to get traded. Yeah. Dallas Crusoe. So, you know, he hasn't played his best basketball. He's not shooting well from the three this year, but he's a guy that can defend. He can run the floor. Um, you know, he's a versatile defender, kind of similar to Denny, where Denny can guard, yeah. you know, he can guard two guards, he can guard threes, he can guard fours, sometimes fives at times. He can guard some big men at times. And uh, Pat Williams can do that, too. And Pat Williams is athletic, put the ball on the floor a little bit, kind of a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy. So I, I think he's a solid player, but it just depends on the contract. You know, how much is he going to want? You know, I'm not paying him $20 million. I wouldn't do that. We just paid Denny uh, the four-year, $55 million contract. And I kind of think that's similar to what Pat Williams will get in a deal, too. So fit and who are we trading you know, who would they want from this team? You said a three-team trade. I think that would kind of be more likely, you know, on social media we asked, and some people <laughs> were throwing Shimat and uh, Johnny in a second-round yeah. pick. And I think that is something. Johnny right now, I mean, he's just kind of just giving him a fresh start. Yeah. Kind of kind of trade, you know, I, I don't I don't see anybody. I mean, he, he just doesn't have any value right now. Um, Shemette, if they can throw in Pat Williams and a second-round pick, to, we would just swap second round picks. Maybe that's something that they would do, but yeah. I, I just don't see. And Pat Williams, I don't think there's a lot you would have to give up for him either. But I like his size. I like his versatility. I like how he can defend. He can be a three and D guy too. But I, the timeline too, you're kind of just stockpiling t- uh, talent, which I don't mind. I wanted yeah. them to go after Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin got traded for two second round picks. Kenyon Martin Jr. got traded for a couple second round picks. So there was a couple guys that I thought they should have went after in the offseason. So, Pat Williams, maybe you take a flyer on him, but the big thing is is the contract after. How much are you willing to pay him uh, in the offseason? Caruso, I think that's a guy that they should have went after when they had the solid three because we just needed defenders. When they had Bill, Porzingis, and Kuz, I think that's a guy that they should have went after at that time. 
And there were rumors coming going around that they wanted him. And I think he would have he would have fit that solid three because they just needed one more defender, one more guy that could just defend, take the pressure off of Bill. DeLon Wright did a good job of it, but a Caruso really Caruso and DeLon out there would be really good defenders. Offensively, they would yeah. they would not have been a good fit. But defensively, I think they would they definitely would have helped Brad out and Coos in, in uh, the backcourt for sure. So I think the time for getting Caruso has passed unless yeah. they're going to get him and flip him for picks. But you're not going to get much for him either. So it's an interesting article. I don't see e- – if I had to bet money, I don't see either of them happening, honestly. And, um, yeah, it, it's just like who, who are you going to give up for Pat and who are you going to give up for Johnny? I mean, I'm sorry, not Johnny, but who are you going to give up for Caruso? Now, we've done a lot of deals with the Bulls in the past. We did yeah. the Gafford. We did the Troy Brown Jr. and Mo Wagner for Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. So I, I they 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 probably have had some talks. Where there's smoke, there's fire. So it looks like there's there's definitely a relationship with the Bulls and the Wizards for sure with trades. I mean, I I definitely say go for it. I'm a hundred percent behind it. Like I said, there's questions. Who do you give up? Shamit and Johnny Davis and flipping second rounders. I think that is a realistic move. But I mean, he's 22. He can defend. He can shoot from three. You know, defense three point percentage are issues that we've had the last three years. Man, we need defense. So we need to get. We need more people who could be utilized on the outside by a point guard, whether that's going to be Jordan Poole, whether that ends up being an Isaiah Collier at the draft, we'll see. But I think other factors to look at why, because here's the thing, man, um, the rebuilds don't have to take forever. This rebuild doesn't have to take forever. You know, most rebuilds that are shortened and look at Indiana. I mean, look at teams like that is that it's not always about length. It's about, you know, hitting those deals in the market when, you know, I think Patrick Williams is a deal and at, at market value that we need to make. Now, Looking at his salary, I think that we have a lot of leverage in that. You know, he can win all he wants. I mean, he can win twenty million all he wants, but you know, the market has a way of kind of humbling people and letting people know what their value is. And Denny kind of saw that. You know, Denny won at one point. There was reports that he won twenty, and he didn't get twenty. You know, you got to look at the market. And the biggest thing about GMs and finding these jewels in the rough are finding these right deals in the market when it's time to hit. You know, you, and again, this rebuild doesn't have to take forever. I mean, you got Denny, Bilal, and you throw in a guy like Patrick Williams, you go into this draft, you pick up a center or a point guard or maybe both, then you're looking at development and it's developing your core. And you, you realistically could look at contention in three to four years. I mean, so – and other factors to look at um, before we um, change, man, is that look at, the, look at a lot of the innovations and a lot of the things that uh, ownership is trying to do in the Capital One Center. I mean, look, ain't nobody going to pay for the Hennessy suite if we're losing, man, you know, they, you best believe that this front office is feeling compelled to a certain degree to develop and uh, getting a winning product on the court a lot sooner than later. You know what I'm saying? Because you look at that, you look at the fact that Ted Leonce has asked, just asked DC council city council for $600 million for renovations. Look, you got to put a winning club on the floor. If you want to be able to get the taxpayers to pay that man. I mean, so from a business standpoint, I'm looking at ownership is going to want them to get a young team rolling, a lot sooner than later, man. And I think Patrick Wayne definitely pushes a rebuild along a little bit because, look, he's not a guy who's going to come in, score 15, 20 points. If he does, that is definitely a blessing. You're looking at guys that you can fit around, maybe Jordan Poole, defensive-minded players who can help alleviate his lackluster defense. And the biggest thing with that is that I definitely see Bilal the two long-term. You know, Dan DeWing, and then if you can add a Patrick Williams, I'm telling you that that it would be a good move, and that is definitely a move because it's kind of like a Gaffer move. You know, when we traded, um, got Gafford from Chicago, who was really talking about Daniel Gafford at that time? And then he came in, he played with Russell Westbrook, became a law of threat, and then he got paid. 
So I'm just saying, you know, you can really get these diamonds in the roughs in the trade market. And right now, Chicago's trying to sell at a record pace. So I definitely think we need to take advantage of that, man, and grab him on the cheap. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think he would be a, a good, solid, rotational player. I think he would, I think he would start. Um, you know, you got Blau who can defend, Denny who's defensive minded. So you have, you add another defensive minded guy. Uh, but as far as like, you know, moving the needle, it's not going to move the needle much, but you do get a guy that is defensive minded and a, a young guy with upside, a young guy with upside that you take a flyer on. The the thing for me is just, you know, how much are you going to pay him when he, when he comes over, you know, yeah. how much does he want the negotiation? So that's the interesting thing, but I, I like him as a player, but you know, I, I'm not really, you know, I, I'd rather just let Blau get minutes. I don't know if he's going to cut into Blau's minutes, you know, uh, just having another forward there. So yeah. that that's the interesting part about it. And then Denny's minutes too, you know, but uh, the the minutes that I'm concerned about is definitely Blau. I think Blau definitely should be getting, you know, 35 minutes from really from now on because now you got to play Pat. So the starting five, you know, Kuz would be on the roster. We'll see if Kuz is on the roster after the trade deadline. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a rebuild situation. So you kind of just want to see what guys can do, but you want to, you want to see guys develop as well. So, uh, but I, I like I like both players, but I don't see I don't see either one happening. Yeah, we'll see, man. <laughs> it's like yeah. I said, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. I think that, that it would true. be a really good, really good pickup for this team, man. Because this again, you know, those factors looking at the business side is that I think this rebuild doesn't have to take forever. You you definitely mm-hmm. capitalize on you know these deals in the market, man. And Patrick Williams, I think, is a deal for a young guy who can defend. He he checks all boxes for this team. So I think he, they definitely had to consider that move. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're gonna see if that happens, and we're talking about Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole and <laughs> how their chemistry has been. Uh, some of the they've had some of the worst chemistry in the uh, history of the NBA. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers instead of batting a thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball se- with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at ten and a half combo of three point made three pointers made plus receptions. And want to play alongside some of Prospect's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Picks community each week. Go to prospects.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. The Wizards play the Nets tomorrow night, so I'm pretty sure they're going to put Nicholas Claxton's uh, more than or less than rebounds at like 9.5 or 8.5. I would definitely smash that. Probably smashes points too. Uh, Gafford is questionable, so we'll see if he plays. If he plays or not, doesn't really matter. Whatever big man goes up against the Wizards, you gotta get, you gotta, uh, you gotta take the over on their points for the rebounds. Uh, you saw the thing, same thing with Joel Embiid, Mark Williams. So that's a prize picks pick that I'm gonna give you guys out for tomorrow. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Night. Uh, also, make sure you guys check out the Locked On. Uh, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so there's an, this, uh, this has been flying around as well uh, about Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. Uh, they have been the worst one-two punch, according to SB Nation, combined for a minus 32.1 net rating, 43 turnovers due to bad passes, 31 shot attempts, which were blocked as well. So uh, what are your thoughts on the Wizards or Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole being one of the worst uh, dynamic duos in the NBA? And then also uh, the the graphic that is being shown for the Pat Williams trade is Jordan Poole, Pat Williams, and Kyle Kuzma. So that would be another solid three right there. <laughs> Definitely a solid three, right? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Um, I, am I surprised? No. I think we – I think everybody knew that that was going to be the case going into the season because we know where they're at, man. Um, this this dynamic, dynamic duo is not going to win any titles. Um, they're not exactly going to be the duo that's going to lead you to a playoff spot. Um, they're going to be fun to watch. And you know, we, I think everybody knew that was going to be the MO going into the season that they were going to be fun to watch because they're high usage – at times, low efficient, but high usage, high volume scores. So they were going to be definitely fun, fun to watch. Uh, Jordan Poole has had his struggles, you know, turnovers, um, taking ill-advised shots, uh, making questionable moves, you know, maturity issues. And, you know, Kyle Kuzma, again, he's a definitely a guy that you can pencil in for 20-plus a night. Easy. But, I mean, you know, you know, when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. So, I mean, I think everybody kind of knew that, man. You know, I, I like both guys, man, but neither one of these guys are uh, – not yet all-star guys. I think they have all-star potential, definitely. But these guys, you know, neither one of them are really <laughs> – I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is neither one of them are ever on a championship team or ever, championship team ever going to be a one or two option. Let's be real. Like on a championship team, they're either going to be a third, fourth, maybe fifth option. Um, and if you look at Golden State, Jordan Poole was what? <laughs> maybe a third scoring option, I guess. I mean, you know, you had Wiggins, so he maybe was fourth. I mean, Draymond wasn't going to be up there. But um, so – yeah, I'm not surprised. He, they, you know, they're fun to watch, slash, very frustrating to watch at times. But I mean, if you look at a lot of the talent, especially in the Eastern Conference, I'm not surprised. So, yeah, I'm not surprised either. Uh, Jordan Poole has certainly had a, a a struggling start where he's gotten booed off the court. Um, you know, he's you've seen. I mean, they did. He did have the the backboard pass to Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> so that shows some chemistry right there. That was a Shaqton full moment. But you see, Jordan Poole get blocked by Porzingis. Air ball some threes here and there. Um, trying to what was the other Shaq and full moment we had where he uh got blocked. Um, and that pistol, oh, KP, yeah. And then he had the other one where he got blocked, like he did a pump fake and stopped, he was wide open and got blocked. So he, he's yeah. had a couple Shaq and full moments, but Jordan, as of recent, Jordan Poole has played a lot better. Uh, the last game is the Sixers, he shot the ball a lot better, did have some turnovers down the stretch, but he, the efficiency has been better as of recent. He's been paying attention to the huddle and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, the turnovers have been there. Kyle Kuzma, he's been playing that point forward position where he's been yeah. playing like a point guard, but a point forward. He's had a, he's had his fair share of turnovers. Uh, 31 shot attempts, were, which were a block. That's probably most most on Jordan Poole. I don't really see Kuzma getting blocked that much. 
Um, and defensively, they it says they both allow 122 points per 100 possessions defensively. The whole the whole team's been bad defensively. You know, yeah. Kyle Kuzma said they couldn't guard. You know, park car and a stop sign. Bradley Bill's the one that said park, but Kuz said the stop sign. So it's not just those two. Um, also, the other stat in the article says a value over replacement player VORP of minus negative negative 0.3. So it, it's not just them. The whole team hasn't yeah. played well. We've getting we've gotten blown out. The West has waved the white flag at times. As of recent, they've been playing some closer games. They played the Bucks close. They played the Sixers close. Um, they've been playing the Hornets close. Every game yeah. we play, we usually play. We usually we've had a lot of big leads too, and we lost them. You know, that's the West Junior West Unso Junior special. So um, just to say those two have been bad is not really telling the full story, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, they don't have you know Gaffers are only big. You know, we don't have any backup bigs. Couldn't stop Joel Embiid. He put up 45, 50 pretty easily. So, yeah, just to, I, I think, honestly, I, I, now the numbers don't lie. The numbers are true. But I do yeah. think a lot of the media, they do have it out for Jordan Poole. Like, every yeah. time he has a bad game, they're trying to show any bad clip of him or any uh, negative media post they can show. So, um, it, it's not just th- those two guys. Yes, they're not playing well. That's – that's. I mean, some there's at times where they're not playing well. But I, I – to single those two out is, is not the full story. It's just not. So, but yeah. I, I get it. They 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 have not played their best. And Kuz has had some good moments. He's had some good moments. Pools had some good moments. So, um, but yeah, they. I, I'm I'm not surprised. But then again, like I said, this it doesn't really tell the full story. No, nah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. E. I, I definitely agree. I think the biggest reason to me is why they're the worst because. There's just not a true one-two punch. You know what I mean? They're just guys that they're just the one-two punch. Doesn't mean that, you know what I mean? Like, um, they're just not a true one-two punch as far as the first and second option on a team that mm-hmm. has aspirations to be a playoff team. You know, I like both of them, and I think that both of them definitely could be role players on age contending team, but as the first and second best players, that you know, there's just too much of a talent gap between the other duos, and that's just what it is. But is it their fault? Absolutely not, man. I think that. Coaching has a lot to do with it. And I hate to harp on West, man, but I mean, you know, you could like somebody personally, man, doesn't mean they need to have the job. I mean, I like West, man, but you know, is he the coach long term? I don't believe so. I think coaching has a lot to do with it. I think that the phrase too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Um, you got too many people who are trying to be the guy, or you know, you know, you got a point forward here, you got a point guard here, you got a guy, you know, you they need to establish who's who and and really give everybody a role. That's another thing that you continue to see. In the locker room here in DC, especially under West Unso Jr., is that there's no defined roles. It's just, hey, you're point guard today, or you're bringing the ball up today, or you know, it's just, and that's why I think they have a lot of issues, especially on the defensive end, because there's no communication. Because who's that guy who's really getting everybody straightened up? You know what I mean? I mean, so I think that that's another big issue. I don't think it's just on Kyle Kuzma or Jordan Poole. I think it has, a lot of that has to do with administrative man. You know, head coaching. You know, the fact that there's no assigned roles is just. It is what it is. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, and I like both of them, man, but let's be real. They're not – no team is going to go to the playoffs or have championship aspirations with Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma as their first and second options. So, Yeah, they're 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 both solid players, but the one-two punch. And, and Jordan Poole, you know, he's playing next to Tyus. That's a, that that I want to see their chemistry, their numbers too, because they're yeah, giving they're yeah. giving a lot of points. They just are. They give a lot of points. Every point guard they play puts up a lot big numbers as well. So I know that you you could do it. You can do this. You can pair the chemistry with all the starting five, and they're probably yeah, in, in yeah. the negatives for sure. Because we're you know waving a white flag and getting blown out. So 
kind of I kind of feel like the article was a little bit of a uh, of an uh, agenda. Yes, I, I get it. The numbers are true, but I just <laughs> feel like they were definitely looking for something for sure. Yeah, I mean, you like you said, man. Um, before we roll into the ad, man. Um, the media. That, that, that's the thing about the media, man. They like to see the fall, you know, and they they've really been on Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, early on in, in his tenure in DC, you know, asking about Draymond and you know, getting on about this and that. Yeah, he's got maturing to do, man, but he's also a young guy who he's still very, very young, coming to a situation where he's got more responsibility, he's still learning on the fly. You know, I, I get being tough on Jordan Poole, and I get it, man. A lot of his antics do get on the nerves, but then you kind of look at it from another lens, right? He's a young guy who is now be given a lot of responsibility with a, with a franchise who is in transition. So, you know. Yeah, the media need to get a grip. <laughs> I mean, leave the man alone. <laughs> let him play basketball. So that's kind of where I'm at, man. Let let the young man play. So, um, so we'll go ahead and move on. E, um, before we move on to the Nets preview for tomorrow night at seven thirty in Brooklyn. Uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, right? But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary, y'all. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my family or one of my kids got sick while the supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, uh, scientific... excuse me, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen to any of us. I'm trying to tell you. All you guys got to do is visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never more important to be prepared than today. So definitely, all you got to do is go to jacemedical.com and use offer locked on to get $20 off your purchase and i definitely again i definitely recommend you guys check out jace medical man because this medication is better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's slide into the preview for tomorrow night's game versus the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, sir. Uh, Just looking at the Nets, looking at their past couple games, uh, Macau Bridges. Had a pretty big game, their last game. Uh, Cam Thomas came back from injury. He had only six points last night. But you know what he does to the Wizards in the past. He uh, had that 30-point game or 40-point game. Last year we were up by 15, 20 points, and they came back. Um, Just looking at some of their numbers, they are uh, number one in total rebounds. They're number three in defensive rebounds. They're number seven in offensive rebounds. So they rebound the ball really, really well. Uh, Nick Clax is a good rebounder. Cam Johnson is a good rebounder. Macau Bridges is a good rebounder. Uh, they have some guys that get after it as well. Uh, they're sixth. They're number. They're they're second in three point percentage. So they get up a lot of threes. Macau Bridges can shoot the three. Cam Johnson can shoot the three. Yeah. Uh, Cam Thomas can shoot the three. 
Uh, of course, of course, uh, you know, we got the rivalry with Kyle Kuzma and Spencer Dinwiddie. So you got to look at that again. We just played the Nets. We played them close, lost. Um, it was close in that really the last two minutes of the game. And the, they let the Nets get away with it. Um, they're six and field goal attempts per game. So they really get up and down. Let me see what they are with pace. They're, they're 21st in pace, which is odd. But they are very, they're a very efficient team. They get a lot of threes up. They get they uh they're six and three point attempts, so they get a lot of threes up. But um, what are your what are your keys to development that you're looking for uh, against the Brooklyn Nets? Oh, I bet their pace is slow, man. It takes like twenty seconds for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie yeah, to no, set right. up his offense. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, some things to look at. Um, like you said, they are number one in the NBA in rebounding. So. I'm looking at Gaff, man. Um, obviously, from a point standpoint, Gaff has looked decent lately. You know, last game, I believe it was 18 points. Um, I definitely want to see him a lot more active in rebounding. Not the only one. Denny has definitely showed that he can rebound at a high level. Uh, what his matchup is going to be is going to be really uh, – that's the question, whether they match him up on uh, Mikael Bridges, which is another 3 and D guy. But I definitely want to see him more involved with rebounding because he's just been rebounding at a higher rate. Um, I think this is another game where the, the bench needs to eat. I'm looking at Bilal Kulabali doing his thing, but also Corey Kisper coming in and being the sniper that he is, man. And another guy, as far as um, I'm looking at one of these, you know, veteran expiring deals, I'm looking for Sean Shamit to kind of come out and play well. I believe he's a former Brooklyn Net. I know he's played for a lot of squads, but I believe he's a former Net, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, those are the guys I'm kind of looking at. The same guys I'm looking at most games, you know, as far as the bench, Bilal coming in and doing his thing. Um, I definitely want to see him eat against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, Corey Kispert, you know, definitely. But, I mean, looking at Denny uh, before we uh, roll on, man, I kind of want to see what he did the last game. You know, the shot's not dropping. Find other ways to contribute. You know, definitely rebound on a high level. You know, definitely with, your, with his vision, man, try to get other people uh, rolling, man. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. E. I think that it's a winnable game. But I think that we know what our deficiencies are, which is rebounding. And defense, so I want to see a lot more high energy defense from them. I'm not expecting Tyus or, or Jordan Poole to be locked down at any measure, but I definitely want to see them more involved in getting into passing lanes, you know, and definitely communicate and get these rotations better and definitely close out a lot of these shooters because this team's going to shoot. So you definitely have to get out there and get your hand in some of your faces a lot faster. 100. Uh, they got Dorian Finney Smith. He gives up a lot of threes. Royce O'Neal gets up a lot of threes. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., he's a quick guard off the bench. Um, Cam Thomas, he's going to get up a lot of threes. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges. So, yeah, like you said, rotating, getting out to shooters, knowing your personnel. Rebounding, uh, of course, is going to be huge. Uh, we get we get out-rebounded every game. Dayron yeah. Sharp had 10 boards off the bench. Uh, Claxton had 10 boards off the bench. So, it's going to be a big, huge game for Gafford. If he plays, he is questionable. So, you know, he did miss some time in the Sixers game, but he came back in. So, if I had to, if I had to guess, uh, I think he would play. Uh, but, yeah, once again, Bilal, you know, Mikhail Bridges, that's going to be a good matchup. Some, I've yeah. seen some com- people compare him to Mikhail Bridges because, you know, Mikhail Bridges has that lean uh, build to him. You know, he can shoot the three, he can put the ball on the floor. You know, Bilal's been shooting the three ball pretty well. And uh, Mikhail coming in the league, you know, he came a long way. You know, he, yeah. he had to work yeah. his offensive game, worked his way up, got traded from the Suns. Got away from Devin, you know. I'm not saying getting away from Devin Booker like it was a bad thing, but you know, he wasn't, you know, the third, fourth option. You know, he was like the third option yeah. on the Suns. He goes to the Nets. He's the first option, one of the most improved players in the league. So uh, maybe you can see that traje- trajectory for 
uh, Bilal two or three years from now. Hopefully he stays on the Wizards and not traded like McCall was. But, um, you know, so that's a good matchup for him. Same thing with Cam Johnson. They got a lot of guys who are, you know, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, they can shoot the three like Finney Smith off the bench too. But rebounded, defended the three-point line. Uh, I think we should try to push the pace with them, make them yeah, run. Yeah. Dinwiddie doesn't want to run. He can barely move. So if Tyus can push the pace on him, get that floater going. Same thing with uh, Jared Butler off the bench if he plays. Try to make Dinwiddie move, attack him defensively, get some matchups with Kuz on Dinwiddie since they don't like each other, get some post-ups with Kuz on Dinwiddie, some one-on-one matchups for him. And uh, just that pick and roll. The pick and roll was working really well, but uh, defensively we got to get back on defense, got to defend the paint, got to rebound. Those are just the the things that every game. But I want to see Bilal, how he develops. Corey Kisper shot the ball pretty well last game. I want to see if he can keep it up. And uh, just the ball movement. I thought we moved the ball pretty well, but we just got to lock it defensively. I think it's actually, I think it's a winnable game. I really do. Uh, the Nets are 11-9. They just beat the Hawks by one point, but I really think this is a winnable game. Let me see where this game is at. It's out uh, New York. It is, yeah, it's, it's in New York, 7.30 start time. So it's going to be another close game. I think it's a game they can win. I don't see them winning it, but the keys, <laughs> development, keys for development for me, of course, is uh, seeing Bilal just blossom, you know, getting some steals, yeah. some pickpocket plays, deflections, finishing around the rim, knocking down some threes. So that's what I want to continue to see from Bilal. Man, I was, you brought up a good point, man. Pick and popping, man. Um, the second unit, man, I want to see a lot more pick and popping and pick and rolling, man. You know, especially with um, Shamit and Corey Kisper. Yeah, you you got to get these guys rolling because their shots, man. You know, when their shots are on, and, you know, lately with uh, Shamit, man, his shot has been rocking. He's been hitting a lot of tough shots. And same thing with Kisper. He's been looking good from the perimeter, man. So, you know, that's second unit. I want to see them, you know, I, I kind of figured that uh, Gallo is going to be a kind of their small ball five. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, he, he can barely move. So, you, you know, <laughs> pick and roll, man, pick and pop. You know, definitely utilize them for picks. So that's where I'm at, man. I think I'm with you. Are they going to win? Probably not. But I think it's definitely – a type of a culture game, you know, another team where they can kind of play them hard and see where they're at, man. But yeah, um, I, you, you brought up the comparison of Mikel Bridges and uh, with Bilal. And I, that's another good one, man. I always say OG and Anobi, but Mikel Bridges is another compelling one too, because like you said, E and the same thing with OG and Anobi, when they came into the league, they were not very polished offensively. You know, Mikel Bridges, it took a while for him coming out of Villanova to be that guy offensively, but now is he's a number one, option on the offense in Brooklyn. You know, you can argue maybe it's between him and Cam Thomas, but um, so that was a good comparison. But yeah, I think this is definitely a, a game, a culture game. You will see them play them tough. It's more, it's more about development than it is wins and losses. But yeah, I definitely want to see Bilal do his thing because he is really, really coming along pretty fast offensively. Mm-hmm. And it surprises you, man, because we were talking at the draft, man, about how, you know, this will be like a three-year thing with him kind of finding himself offensively where we're what a quarter way in in the season, and he's already like showing progress offensively. So, Bilal is definitely the spotlight in this game for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen comparisons like you know Trevor Ariza. Yeah, at times Andre Roberson. You know Andre Roberson couldn't shoot at all, but he was oh. a great defender. But Bilal is showing that he's a, a better shooter, way better shooter than Andre Roberson. Yeah, because uh, I saw some numbers where Bilal's first eight games he averaged six points a game, three boards, one assist, and a half a steal. The last 11 games, he's averaged 10 points, four boards, and two assists, and 1.6 steals. So all his numbers are going up. His minutes are going up. His minutes have gone up from uh, 23 minutes in the first eight games to 28 minutes in the last 11 games. I keep saying that. I really want to see him get more than 30 minutes for sure. really want to see his minutes go up to 35 before the season's over. 
Yeah, I'm with you, man. I definitely think he needs more minutes. Um, looking at the deadline, you know, does he slide into the shooting guard spot after the deadline? I think they need to think about it because, you know, like I said, before the season, uh, we looked at certain ways to construct rosters. And they say the best way to kind of help protect a score first point guard is having a two guard who can defend. I think that if Jordan Poole is going to be that guy after the deadline, because I think Tyus Jones will be moved and they slide Jordan Poole into the starting point guard, slide below the two and go from there. I think that would be a really good move, man, because he looks, I mean, his offensive game is really compelling. It mm. really is because he's, he's, he's driving the lane. He's driving the lane with power. He's dunking on people. He's, he's not hesitant to shoot the three. So I think they got to strongly consider putting below the two guard after the deadline. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. But all right, um, we're going to see you guys, if not tomorrow night, then Sunday Sunday night, recapping the game. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you guys get podcasts. Make sure you guys subscribe and hit that notification bell. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.